0: Hello everyone, this is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project, and I just want to take this time to personally thank all of our monthly supporters. We could not do what we do without giving from people like you. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you're not a monthly supporter and you would like to become one, you can go to ju 3 projectorg and hit the donate tab and sign up. We are grateful for you, and we hope you enjoy today's new episode. God bless. Hello, welcome to the Jew3 Project podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew3 Project. Well, all right, we're entering a breakout conversation uh, with Oye Waddell on economic development and the church, as you know, I'm Lisa Fields, and I'm excited to have Oye here with us. Uh, I met him a few months ago in Washington State, uh, I can't even remember, Vancouver, Washington. Uh, a yeah, Vancouver, met, yes. Yeah, at the uh, Murdoch uh, Leadership Conference uh, there. So uh, Oye, welcome to the conference. Tell our audience just a little bit about who you are.
1: Yes. How you all doing? Good afternoon or good morning. Uh, good evening for some too. So yes, my name is Oye Wadell. I uh, I am a pastor, but also a business owner in a sense that I lead an organization called Hustle Phoenix, uh, where our mission is to empower men and women in urban inner city communities with the intellectual, social, and financial capital to start businesses that glorify God and serve the neighbor. And I'm also also a pastor of a church called sojourn village here in, in the south phoenix community so uh thank you for having me lisa and i'm excited about this uh this breakout session
0: yeah and i am excited as well because i think you know that marriage between the church and economic development is so crucial why why is that so needed for our communities in particular
1: you know it's interesting i think uh it's it's inter- it's uh it's needed for our communities because I think economic development is is, is so much of what about is it's so much of God's heart in regards to when God spoke to his people, a lot of times he spoke about economics, right? Mm-hmm. He spoke even in the old testament when God was very clear with the Israelites, like take care of the poor, take care of the poor, don't take advantage of the poor. When Jesus in the New Testament take care of the poor, religious elite, don't forget about the marginalized, Mm -hmm. that is so central to God's heart. And so I think as pastors and leaders, we can't forget, take care of the poor, take care of uh, the marginalized, take care of the voiceless. And so I think uh, one of the major ways we can do that is through economic development. How do we help people become more of God called them to be right. And I think that's a part of economic development, developing people. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I think about even the history, especially in the Black church, I think before nonprofits, these 501c3s, before we had that, the churches where people went to go to get help, to get support, to get developed, right? Especially economically. And so I think we cannot stop that. When we lose that, when we have siphoned off, when we have essentially, uh, we, we essentially let the government and other places take advantage or. or or take on the responsibility of developing our people economically, I think that's what we lose. And so I think economic development is central to the church. It's, it's a part of God's heart.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love what you're doing with Hustle Phoenix. One of the things you help people understand how to build a business, but you also help them fund it. And I yes. think that's so, so crucial. Can you talk a little bit about the journey of Hustle Phoenix and how that developed and what the success you've seen with that? For, for people in our community. Yes,
1: yes. So Hustle Phoenix is really a, a part of my story. It's a part of the the story that God has given me, essentially, right? Um, I grew up in inner city LA and a lot of my friends uh, and and folks that I connected with, grew up with family, were, were a part of gangs and they were selling drugs. And so all of my life, I grew up seeing that narrative, uh, just growing up in LA in the 80s and early 90s. And so one of the things that I, as a, as a young kid, I remember at the age of 14, I saw one of my, uh, one of my friends, no, no, I'm sorry. One of my friend's mom, as I'm walking down the street, because all of my friends are, are, are selling illegal drugs. One of my friend's mom, she thought I was a part of it too. And said, Hey, can I buy drugs from you? Right. It was crack cocaine at the time. And I was like, it just hit me really hard. I remember it so vividly. I'm like, man, my friend's mom, who I grew up with, is addicted to this substance that is destroying our community. Mm-hmm. And from then, I, I had this vision of like, hey, what can I do? How can I be a part of the change? How can I be a part of changing my community? And, f- and for that right, communities all over the country, because it's a this e- epidemic, if you will, in terms of how crack cocaine is and destroy communities all throughout our country is, is, is really real. And so I, I came up As a young age, I was at a young age, I was like, how how can I do something? Well, I came up with this idea because I said, you know, I love business. I am passionate about business. I love the scripture. I love urban communities and how we can restore urban communities. And so Hustle is just a a connection of the three, theology, business, urban communities. And so I started it uh, eight years ago. And essentially, I kind of stated the mission is to empower men and women in urban industry communities with an intellectual, social, financial capital start to start businesses that glorify God and serve their neighbor. And so, what we do is we train entrepreneurs. We really focus on urban inner cities and we focus on communities that have high crime, high unemployment rates. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we have a training, um, and we have a three tier training. So, it's very robust in how we train people. Not only how to start businesses, but from a very, from a, from essentially, and we we call it experiential learning, because a lot of people are learning how to start a business, right? So you can open up a book or look at something online, but really it's about experience, right? And so we have this experiential experiential learning model modules that really help and that are speak to the communities that we're serving, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is social capital, and one of the things we say is that. The difference between wealth and poverty is relationships. And I'll say it again, the difference between wealth and poverty is relationships. So one of the things we do is we partner with local churches all throughout the city. And and these local churches have business people. They have people in marketing, sales, operations, risk management, lawyers, that give their time to support entrepreneurs in the communities, in urban urban inner city communities that we serve. And so we're able to have... Like I mean, we have over like 250 local volunteers that are business professionals that are working with our entrepreneurs and helping them grow their businesses, mm-hmm. right? And so, and so we really focus in on like how do we ignite the local churches in our community um, by by saying, look, hey, you have business people that are sometimes latent talent, right? They don't. A lot of times they're not allowed or they're not asked to use their talent, which is whatever, you know, they they have a vocation, they go to work, they do what they do. They're not asked to use their talent in a way to serve the underserved. So we're able to do that. And the last one is financial capital. Um, We have a a fund, essentially like a, we function almost like a bank in a sense that we don't take deposits, but we make investments, right? And so we have investors, i.e. banks and also private investors that have invested in our fund. And we're able to provide low interest loans to the entrepreneurs to really help them grow and build their businesses. Mm-hmm.
0: That is amazing. And it's very robust, like you said. And I love the way, you know, you incorporate the church in that, because I yes. think, you know, sometimes people think their work outside of church doesn't matter or it can't be yes. used for kingdom work. It's like I do this But when I want to do kingdom work, I'll come volunteer at the church for children's ministry, even though I'm a lawyer, you know, or Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll come volunteer for the media ministry, even though I'm an executive, you know, as to, to, but those things that you're doing in the, uh, in the corporate space can be used for kingdom work. And I love the way y'all gave people, because oftentimes people don't know how to use it. And so I think that's a vital way. Um, what are some of the tools you've given churches to empower their people to join
1: this effort? Sure. Can I say one more thing just on that, what you just yeah. said in regards to um, how we are, because I know I think a lot of times, like you said, lawyers are actually serving children's ministry, which children's ministry is not bad. That's great, mm-hmm. right? But how can you use your own skill? A key verse that we use that we really kind of help people to help them understand it this in depth is genesis 12 1 through 3 when god blesses abraham and says you're blessed to be a blessing right Mm. and obviously we see the nation of israel we see israel tasked with that very distinct call to be a blessing to the nations right Mm. and we're saying like hey god is giving you your vocation not just for you to create resource and income for yourself but how can you be a blessing to the underserved with that very vocation, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of help people theologically understand, like, yes, yeah, just like the nation of Israel had a call, we also have a call to be a blessing, to be on mission, not only <laughs> in everything we do, whether it be in our families, in our work, or wherever we are, we are on mission. And so I think that's a huge point, and that's a huge kind of, uh, that, that's, that's a part of the DNA of what we're doing to really help people understand why God's mission is so important and why our vocation is so important in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so you asked the question about tools that we do, use for churches. And so so one of the tools that we use for churches was really help churches understand this very thing. Like a lot of times what we found is that when it comes to people's work, uh, many times the church doesn't have as much to say about that, mm-hmm. especially as it relates to, how we use, how can our work be used as mission? Right. A lot of times people see, uh, it's, it's very like, I, w- I would call it that sacred-secular divide where I do my work Monday through Saturday or Monday through Friday, and then I do my church on Sunday. Um, but I think what we do is we try to train and develop all volunteers that come from local churches. And th- don't get me wrong, there are a ton of churches that really pre- go press into this. Um, there's a, there's a lot, so I do not want to discount that. So I'm going to say that, uh, as a disclaimer, but there are a number of churches that would say, you know what, Hey, the mission field is the highest form of, uh, of, or the mission field or the pastorate is the highest form of service in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that really makes people, whether it be lawyers or doc or or bankers or people in marketing, that makes them feel like less than in a sense they're like, wow. God gives has given me a gift, so you're saying my gift is less than yours because you're a pastor or because you're on the mission field in, in another state or another country. And so what we say is like, no, listen, Well, understanding the theology of work, understand that God created all things and all things were good, and understanding that your very vocation can is your mission, I think really helps people to get to feel at peace, like, Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. I I can think differently about how I do my work every day. I could think differently about the robust, uh, spiritual and and impact that I can have in my work every day. I don't have to just wait for Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm on mission every day. And I think Mm -hmm. that's very freeing when we are able to teach and help people understand that the depth of that. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That's so, so helpful. Um, what what are the biggest challenges you see to getting for pastors doing economic development in their communities cuz one of the biggest pushbacks for Christianity right now especially in black communities is that the church d- doesn't add to the community they take away um there's a number yes. of different factors why people come up with this conclusion but how do you what do you think the challenges are for pastors that that are that are trying to do economic development?
1: I think it's, um, I think there's two things. One is time, mm-hmm. right? I mean, as pastors, we're so busy uh, with the work, right? Like I think it's funny. I talked to a lot of my friends that are business owners. and They're like, well, so you're a pastor. So what do you do? And I'm like, wait a minute, time out. Like <laughs> there is so much work. There's so much need, right? Especially mm-hmm. in these last couple of years. Right. And so, I think one is time, but I think two is is collaboration, right? I think we don't collaborate enough, mm-hmm. and when we in economic development, to truly do that. And when I think about economic, like let me let me preface it with this: we because we have we have partnerships with the city, we have partnerships with universities, we have partnerships with local churches, we have partnerships with a lot of different uh, uh, institutions here in Phoenix, um, but when 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 government officials of city when the city, when they talk about economic development, they talk about bringing big business into the city, which is great. Mm-hmm. When we talk about economic development, I just want to make sure that we pre- preface it with this. We're talking about investing in individuals and communities, which um, and which I would say really investing in small business. That's what we do. Um, so I want to preface it with that. And I say, because also economic de- development can be Building homes, it, it it could be a lot of different things. Specifically what I'm talking about is helping men and women in marginalized communities start businesses. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about economic development. Mm-hmm. And, and economic development is extremely robust, so I don't want I want to preface it with that. But specifically when I meet and, and collaborate with pastors, what I've found is that not many people don't want to partner with one another Mm -hmm. and so at hustle what we do is we facilitate the partnership Mm -hmm. (laughs) and make sure everybody wins right like Mm -hmm. there was a grant program for a buddy of mine he pastors a church called 210 in in south phoenix which is a a a, a urban community in phoenix and there was a grant program because that we're partnering with them to serve the south phoenix community with hustle phoenix like through his church Right, and we're partnering with them. And so, you know, one of the things we said is like, hey, listen, when we partner, we're also gonna share uh grant opportunities or opportunities for resources to be brought in to the church, right? And so we we got wind of a of a of a of an opportunity, a national opportunity where there's a foundation that's doing these small grants for local churches. We 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 gave it to them we we were like hey look our team cuz we have a team of grant writers our team can even help you write the grant so you can receive the funds so when we partner together we are we are both healthy in this situation in terms of we're not operating out of deficit but we're operating operating out of uh, abundance and so mm-hmm. and so i think partnership and time is the one thing that 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 i think we can do better in terms of supporting and helping to advance economic development in our community
0: yeah and and i think the challenges as you're talking with partnership is pride and credit which those kind of go hand in hand you know you want to be the solo person that receives the credit for the endeavor um and you end up focusing on who's going to get the credit and then you, because you don't have partnership, you end up taking credit for little, to nothing, instead of yes. being part credit
1: of something major. Exactly. Uh, exactly.
0: And at the end of the day,
1: if you think about impact, right? Like I think <laughs> the impact is diminished because we all are trying to do our little solo things. When we collectively work together, and I mean, I, I think I'm I'm preaching to the choir here, but I, I think we hear that a lot. But I but I think in that I I don't like I don't operate in this pie in the sky because if we are truly on the ground doing this every day. We've learned that in in our eight years or nine years of existence, the way to get to work together is that people are always asking, even pastors. I know that we answer before they even ask it. What's in it for me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unfortunately, right? That's what we are. What's in it for me? And I'm like, "No, the people are going to be blessed because right we we have all these resources, we have all these mentors, we have money to invest in the businesses at the end of the day. What's in it for me?" And so before they even ask it, I'm like, "Listen. Let's let's partner together on grand opportunities. We're going to bring grant opportunities to you to be able to bless the church." Okay. Then, all right, let's do it, right? And so uh, you know, I, I we understand that. I understand that. That's a human deal, right? We're we are unpacked by the fall, right? And, and at the end of the day, I, that is a human deal. But, but at the end of the day, it's about the people. We want to be able to be a blessing to the people that we are able to serve, that God has placed in front of us to lead, and the communities that we're in, we're called to that. That's a part of our call. So we always want to help people to have that bigger picture in mind as they lead and as we look to partner with them.
0: Yeah, that's so, so helpful. As you're, As people are thinking about, like, how can I implement something like this in my church? how do you, what advice would you give them to implement? It's particularly around how to identify people that they can help important to as far as individuals that will create small businesses.
1: Yes, I would say, honestly, I think small business, especially um, I think in every city, there is an organization that does something similar to what we do. Mm-hmm. In every city. Um, it may not be as robust as uh, some organizations are more robust than others. But I would just say, stop at your local like SBA office mm-hmm. and and ask them, hey, what are some resources that are there?
0: And can you can you say what SBA is for those who?
1: Make- I'm sorry. Yes. Stop at your local SBA office. So it's, SBA is the small business. Association, I think it's called Small Business Association. I may and I may get that A wrong, but I know it's small business, and we deal with the SBA a lot, and I should know that. <laughs> but SBA, um, and I, I'm gonna look it up on my phone in a minute. But go to that Small Business Association's office or call that your local SBA office, and and you can ask them what are some programs that are available for small business owners to be able to enter into to receive training and development. I think that's the first step. And then um, once you start to get that, gather that data or or understand who's doing what in your own city, and then I think you can, if there are entrepreneurs or people within your congregation or community that have the uh, appetite and that have the ideas and the things that they, they have what it takes to actually start and grow a business. I think support them. And I think the best way you can do, best way you can support them is to use the services. That's the best thing you can do for a small business owner. Refer them. Mm-hmm. Support the business. Refer them and continue to do that. Because as you continue to refer them and give them more business, they get stronger. They, get, they have more resources coming in. They can hire people. They can... They can now give back. There's so many implications and ramifications of just supporting small business owners. And so another thing too, is that as as Hustle, we have been on this trajectory to start to expand to different cities that may not have exactly what we do in terms of our model. And so we have some cities in mind already that we are creating partnerships and growing in those partnerships with local churches and and government and, and universities and things of that nature to be able to bring hustles in other places. Not everywhere, but there are a few cities that we're looking to expand to. And so that's another thing too. But I would always say start with your local SBA office. Um it's because that helps they they know kind of the, le- the lay of the land and we'll be able to help pastors and leaders be able to direct their people uh to their respective places.
0: That's super super helpful. Um, what other things about economic development at the church, and the church that we haven't already discussed that you think is pertinent for our audience to know, especially sure. the pastors and leaders uh, that are watching?
1: Yes, I think one of the things that we don't do enough is pool our resources together, and this is just a, a pie. In the, I don't think this is pie in the sky, but I, we <laughs> can do this. <laughs> it's just we. It would take a lot of I think what you said, pride and credit, we have to put that way down. (laughs) Like we have to bury it. (laughs) Uh, But I I think one of the things that I think I see happening, um, not only in our country, but all over the world, is that people are pulling their resources and providing loans for homes, providing loans for businesses, right? Right. And I think churches can do this too. I think this is a way that churches can work together, right? And and pool resources together because here's the deal. When we don't, when we don't own, especially as African-American people, when we don't own our homes and our businesses, people can push and do whatever they want to us as a people. And I think, as we need to think creatively about how we provide loans how we provide access to capital for homes and businesses in our communities and so i have this dream one day that we'll get 50 to 100 churches together to pool resources and and bring entrepreneurs people that want to own homes through a process of training and development and if they can't get financing from the bank or the bank is giving them the runaround. And I know a lot of people that are listening to this, pod, this podcast or this, this video, if you've had any dealings with the bank, sometimes banks don't act in our best interest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes financing uh, or, or even venture capital, when we think about venture capital, that people pulling resources together to invest in businesses. A lot of times, African American businesses, Latino businesses, Native American businesses are are left out of the conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think if we pull our resources, we can actually move the needle to be able to help and and support people. And it can be self-sustaining. This this doesn't have to be a nonprofit venture. This can be a for-profit venture in the sense that people, if it's done well and done right, people can not lose their money, but actually make money the people that are pooling the money together and then the people that are receiving the investment as they pay their loan or 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 if, if they sell their company and then the and the payout comes right everybody can win but i think we have to think creatively now because there's a lot of opportunities from from pooling investments uh to impact capital there's a lot of things out there that we can educate ourselves to do together to have a huge impact in our cities and be a blessing to our people.
0: That's super helpful. Is there any books or resources you would recommend for pastors and leaders who want to do more on economic development
1: that you think? Sure. Be- These are some books that uh, that, I've, that have really shaped me in a sense that they're not necessarily uh, Christian books, if you will, in terms of the The theme is not uh, in regards to the gospel, but from an economic perspective, there's a book called The Hidden Costs of Being African-American by Thomas Shapiro. I thought it was a great book in a sense that I want to give it away. Just it's called The Hidden Cost of Being African-American. But I think, again, it it hits on a lot of these things I'm talking about. Another book that I really liked um, that I've read in this last two years was called uh, the Color of Money by Mercer, and I can't remember, I can't pronounce her last name, but it's it's uh, M-E-H-R-S-A, and I want to get the last name for you in a minute, but by Mercer, she's a, I think she's connected to Harvard University, read that book, it's called The Color of Money, but it talks about the history in banking, right, and how banking has impacted our communities, and how we should move forward in regards to banking and um, helping our, our our people grow and move forward and so i think those two books are really good especially as it relates to african americans and finance and banking
0: well thank you so much oye uh i'm glad we were able to do this session on economic development in the church i hope you enjoyed yes. it and i hope you enjoy the rest of the breakouts and the rest of the conference grace and peace Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune in to all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher. in the Bible every single day. You take a survey, it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you Bible verses based on those. So it's a great app. You can download the app by searching in your app store or Google Play searching Jude 3 Project and it'll be right there for you. So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to jude3project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online we appreciate you and i'm so so thankful for you god bless and remember here at the jupe 3 project we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it